Tony Dinin, very good afternoon. Welcome to Stockport County Live, uh, and welcome, of course, to the, to a, uh, so, something of a quarantine special. It's a little bit strange at the moment, isn't it? It is, yeah. Uh, like you say, it's it's one of them things where it's frustrating for everyone, but obviously it's it's essential. Uh, obviously, the quicker thing get under control, the quicker people can try and get back to normal. How are you? Uh, how are you finding it? How are you dealing with it? I'm in my front room at the moment. Are you? Uh, maybe later on, I'll venture into the kitchen. How are you finding being housebound? Same, actually. Um, <laughs> house never looked as clean. Um, back home with the garden a bit as well, so just trying to keep ourselves busy. Yeah, no, nice. Well, we're here to speak about Stockport County, of course, so so let's dive straight in. We've got two um, two features, really, for Stockport County for yourself, two spells. But I want to start at the beginning of your football career. You started at Newcastle United. You then actually um, had a spell out of the country. When, when you look back at you as a player then, looking to make it in the game, was that something of a dream start? It was, like you say. It was something just come out of the blue, really. Uh, obviously, it's been in Newcastle reserves at the time, and then uh, the opportunity came. I got Kevin Keegan asked me if I'd fancied going to Sweden uh, for a month online, um, just to keep myself ticking over during the summer, because uh, it was a big step up from going from being an apprentice to a first-year pro sort of thing. Um, obviously, you, you're, out, you're, you're out your age limits there sort of thing, and you're in with the, you're in with the experienced pros and stuff. So it was just to give us a bit of a... A bit of a heads up on on that really more than anything else. So obviously I went out to Sweden with Alan, uh, Alan Armstrong, um, spent a month out there, uh, myself better fit and stuff, played a few games, came back, and then gave myself a better see, better chance in the pre-season really. It was it was quite soon after I understand that, that you moved to Stockport County came around. What how how did that materialise? How did that move uh, come about? Well, I like I said, I. Um, I been frustrated, uh, to say the least, at Newcastle. Mm. Um, I mean, we still support them now, but it was just frustrating for me because I was—I didn't want to just be at a club. Do you get me? I wanted to, yeah. I wanted to be playing, if I'm honest with um, And even though I was playing for Newcastle Reserve, there's some really good players and experienced players, and every now and again the lads who weren't in the first team or had had an injury or something would come and play with the reserves and stuff. So I managed to play a few reserve games with the likes of Andy Kellen and Peter Beers in players like Atiyama, which was brilliant for me playing at Old Trafford and Anfield and things mm. but to me I just wanted to be a footballer I wanted to be on the Saturday afternoon three o'clock sort of thing rather than a, a Wednesday night half Saturday <clears> sort of thing so um, and it just I just got frustrated because it was always the same looking back now obviously I understand why I, I realised that once I got playing myself was it was always the same people in the squad every week you know I mean at Newcastle sort of thing I was never never given the chance should I say um so I just I, I went to see manager a few times, asking him if I could if I could go on loan or if I can leave the club and stuff, which I didn't want to, obviously. You know, yeah. I myself, but I, I couldn't sit there and, and, and let the DS pass by. You know what I mean? So uh, in the end, Kevin Keegan agreed. He said he didn't want to let me go on a free transfer, but he, he said he understood I wanted to make it in the game, and he said he wasn't going to stand in the way. Um, so he, he said I'll give you a free transfer. So I was happy with that. Um, and then obviously I got the phone call from Dave Coxton, it was on the, I think it was a Saturday, if I remember. Um, said that stop would be interested in saying to me. Um, and Alan was coming down on the Sunday anyway. Um, he said, do you want to jump on the train with Alan? He had stopped all. So we did that, come down, spoke to Dan and Begar and, and, and what have you. Um, and then me and Alan signed on the same day. Um, and then like I think it was just down for pre-season training on the 1st of July. 
And what what was your first uh, experience or, or your first impressions, if you like, uh, of Stockport County, and in particular Danny Bagara? I mean, I, I know you're away. I've seen you at County a few times in in, in recent months. You know, Danny Bagara is this heroic figure at County. He's got the the stand named after him, and so a really influential figure. And he's there signing you. What were your first impressions uh, of Danny? I'll be honest with you, it was his enthusiasm more than anything else. Um, you know, yourself, anyone that spoke to him, he was constant talking about football. Yeah. It was 9 o'clock in the morning, 9 o'clock at night. Um, and, and he just wanted to improve every single play, and he, he, he did his utmost, like I say, it was to, to, to basically, he was the, for me, he was the first manager that I, well, I'd only had a couple of managers, obviously, but... People talk about the Ferguson's and things like trying to control the young lads and everything else. Well, Danny did. Danny did do that for us. He was a massive help because he can he try and control even then back in 1992, try and control what, what we eat as young players. Whereas everyone got excited about that uh, about 20 years later when a, <laughs> like an awesome Wenger started all the dietitians and things like that. Whereas but Danny was, Nate Allen and Michael Oliver in particular, um, he was very, very vocal on what we should be eating at what times and stuff like that. So. Even then, he, he, he had a vision of what was the gun basis. So you've you've got a, a teammate, if you like, a buddy coming down with you in in Alan Armstrong. You've you've got uh, Danny Bagara, a, a young manager, a manager who believes in the youth, who, who wants to promote you and bring you. Did that kind of give you the platform to think? Okay, I'm I'm at a place where I, I feel like I can belong now at Newcastle. Like you say, I completely um, sympathise. It's it's difficult when it's when it's the team you support, but at least. Here at Stockport, there is a club that's offering me this platform, that's offering me the opportunity to develop and better myself. A manager who believes in me. I've got friends here. Obviously, you went on to form great relationships with, with other players in, in the crew. So, did that give you the platform that allowed you to excel and have that tremendous career, really, with County? Yeah, it was perfect. Like I say, coming down with Alan, like I say, and speaking to the manager and realising how, like I say, enthusiastic he was about the, the club uh, in particular. Um, and obviously wanting to, like you said, give, give players a chance. And it took us a while to get into the team, but even during pre-season, I just thought I'd just do what I can do sort of thing because I, I know if I'd done <clears> the things right, I know I'll get the chance, which I did. Um, and like I said, I didn't play the first, I wasn't even in the squad for the first couple of games of that season, I remember. Um, and then it happened to be my brother's birthday, 27th of August. Uh, that's how I remember it. And um, <laughs> we played bench for the own, uh, and I made the bench. Which I've had a good, I've had a good week because again, a lot of managers will just pick the same players every week, every week, every week. Whereas I remember that week, I think there was something about it at the time I was, the, the, I played for the youth team. I think the, the, the Saturday before, and, yeah, and done well. I played for the reserves on the Wednesday and done well, um, and that's what got me in the first team squad. Basically, and I picked your squad week by week, basically. Whereas whoever was training well, playing well. But the opportunity, whereas some managers have just picked the same players every week, regardless of how they've played or how they've trained. Um, so Danny was a big one of them, and I knew that. And I thought, well, if I just get me a down in training, and if I get asked to play for the youth team, I should do that. A lot of players would kick off about that. But you were like to play an overage player or something every week back then. Um, and, I, and I got asked to play, and I was like, yeah, no problem with the game of football to me. So I played, yeah. like I say, against them, played the youth team, played the reserve game, and then had a good week of training in between. And then got to the game on the Saturday Brentford and I was named on the bench, which for me was a massive, a massive achievement. That was my first achievement. Um, and then, <coughs> pardon me, <coughs> I've not got it, honestly. And, um, 
And and, and and unfortunately for Jeff Eckhart, after about 15, 20 minutes, I think he took a, a knock to his head. Um, and then I got, I got told to warm up, and I thought, I can't be here, I'm surely, I'm sure enough I did. I went on, um, played the game, um, done okay. Um, and then I remember we played crew, I think it was on the Tuesday night. Um, and I started that game, that was the first goal. Um, unfortunately, I remember, I think we got beat 2-1. Kevin Francis missed a penalty, I think, and another five minutes or something. Um, but I didn't know at the time I was marking a player called Ashley Ward, um, who apparently was a big, big deal in them days in the centre forward and stuff like that. I managed to have a good game against him. Uh, he didn't score, but then he went to sign. He signed for Derby or Norwich, I think, for four million pounds not long after, not long after. Um, but I remember um, getting on the bus. The first time when I knew I'd done okay. I was getting on the bus after the game. Uh, we'd been beat 2-1. I was absolutely devastated because I didn't like losing. Um, I got on the bus and Danny McGarrett pulled me to one side and went, you've done well tonight. He said, I'll get a million pounds for you. Wow. And I was like, I went, what? He went, I'll get a million pounds for you. And I was like, oh, thanks. So if he didn't need any more confidence from anyone, I think that'd give me, that'd give me enough. Um, and then I went on to, I think I played the majority of that season and managed to pick up the young player here and stuff. And, Enjoyed in the first season, she was in professional football. And that, I mean, the the way you you remember it so clearly. I mean, that the way you speak about it, and you you remember these details of, you know, the who you came on for, who it was against, how you played in these games, the, the build up to that, the, the youth team, and everything else. It it kind of resonates through the airwaves, if you like, just just what it meant to you, and then to get a confidence boost like that now. I think it would be fair to say, from uh, as an outsider looking in, um, seeing you play all over the park um, for Stockport County, when you were first there, did you see yourself as, uh, look, look, Danny, I can, I can go further forward if you need to, I can drop back, or did you see yourself further back initially? Initially, like, I'll be honest, I was a centre forward once I did, um, and it was only because I, I stopped growing at a certain age, and I think when it was too small to play, I think, I was literally tiny when I got little like 16. Uh, so they ended up putting me right back, um, and then I had a little growth, uh, little growth spurt, um, and then I got moved to centre half. Um, but I always fancied that I could do a bit more. Do you get me? I wanted to get more involved, sort of thing. So every now and again, I'd, I'd, I'd get the ball and I'd play for Newcastle and whatever, and I'd venture into midfield with it and start playing from there, and then forget I was actually playing at the back. So, <laughs> you know I mean, and um, so I always had a, I always. For me, I've always said it, and I'm not trying to say anything here because it's obviously easier for, well, I found it easier for some, some people, but I remember saying to someone once, I'm a professional, professional footballer, not professional defender, you know what I mean? Yeah. Player, sort of thing, so. But I took a lot of, like I say, football was obviously interested me a, a, a lot, um, and I took a lot of interest in it, obviously. So for me, I, I had a bit of an idea, and a, a, bit of, a bit more of an idea than other players, should I say, on, on positional play and things like that. And so I did understand the game a bit, like I say, because I spent enough time watching it and, and dreaming about it really so. a, a couple of the players that you've mentioned already there uh, Kevin Francis in particular these the, these are players uh, and I would include yourself in this and I'm not I'm not just saying that because you're here today but a lot of a lot of county fans look back at those days as the perfect time if you like to be getting involved with the club you know there have been years of not much success shall we say and then all of a sudden you get these cult figures, these icons, these heroes coming through, did it feel like that 
when you were there, when you were looking at players like Kevin Francis around you, and then obviously the teams that you went on to be a part of, did it feel like that at the time? It's it's great looking back and saying, oh, in hindsight, what a team. But you were there at the time. Did it did it did, did it feel like you were in something special? And I'll be honest with you. Know, like I say, it doesn't it doesn't until you end up finishing. You're like I say, because you don't get time to look back. Yeah, you don't get time to. I was watching a Roy Keane documentary the other day because again he's. He's my hero, to be honest with principles and stuff like that, which I think is brilliant. But in, in even he said, then you don't get you, you don't get time to enjoy it because it just could it just comes and it just goes. The season goes so quick, three seasons straight back on you again, and it just like you say, you don't get time to to, to enjoy and even think like you say of how good the team was at the time. And, and like you just said, then for me, I mean, I came in on '94, and I think it. I had a bit of heartbreak in the playoffs and finals mm. and things at the years before and stuff. So, looking back now, me and Alan have turned up with a few of us and everything else, and then the team slowly evolved, and then obviously Dave took it on from there. And like you say, you don't, you don't, like you say, until you look back now and you think, you know what, the, the best, as far as I know anyway, the best years of the club for me yeah. were probably 95 to 2000. I think. Yeah. A lot happened in that, sh- in that in that five seasons, basically. Um, the team got the semi-finals of this, got promoted there, and had some great victories against them, and finished eighth in the championship and stuff like that. So, I think '95 to 2000 is probably the, for me the, the five years where there was a lot of a lot of change. I mean, they probably had a, the top had about three managers in that time, mm. um, losing from divisions, semi-finals of cups, and stuff like that. So. It was like I say, looking back, it was a great five years to be honest with you. You speak about the managers in particular in that in that time spell. We were speaking the other day to uh, to, to a former teammate of yours, Sean Connolly, and and obviously Sean, as you'll know, has got, has gone on to do things in the game. He's, he's worked at a very high level, and he speaks so highly of Danny Bagara, but then in particularly Dave Jones. Uh, yeah. For, for for regards to, to to building a team, to building that team mentality, he says Dave was always like a motivator. He, you know, he got everyone pumped and everyone believing. But at the same time, he developed the individuals. He you know he brought these players on. Worked very closely with his assistant John Sainty. What are your what are your memories of their management styles, if you like, within those five years of Danny Bagara and then Dave Jones? Well, like you said, Danny was Danny was very very vocal. On the training ground, um, <clears throat> had to take every single training session himself. <clears throat> Kept you bang for an hour or two afterwards, doing personal, individual things and stuff like that with you every now and again. Um, whereas Dave was more of an organizer as such, where John Saint, he was a big part of that partnership. Um, I know people mention Dave all the time because Dave was the manager um, and John was his assistant sort of thing, but the pair of them just had it. Get like seriously perfect uh, as a partnership can go, um, because like you say, not many people even believe or think it's actually possible to do what Dave did that season where we, we went on that run in the cup and everything else. And we, to, to think that we probably used to train three times a week max because mm-hmm. of the weather at the time, um, and we we used to. We went down the ballpark, down the Cash and Carry, near the pyramid, to play five sides and wow. we're games of cricket during the week. And then John Sainty would come in with a big box of like bacon and egg sandwiches, and we'd have a bacon and egg sandwich, and we'd finish about 12 o'clock going, and then he'd say, right, I'll see you on Thursday. 
and then we come down there and meet at the ballpark, have a five-a-side, have a game of cricket, have a bacon egg sandwich. And then it was, see you tomorrow, same thing on a Friday. And then we just won that, I think it was 31 games unbeaten or something. And it's just, but again, it's just because Dave knew exactly, he, he put himself back in his players' boots probably and thought, well, what, what would I like to do at this stage? You know, and sort of thing. And so he, he always knew what the players wanted and, and basically the players just responded to it. And it was a case of, you win the game on a Saturday, we'll do the same next week. I want to, I want to speak about your your second stint in a few moments because I was going to move the conversation on at this point, but it feels like we're seeing a different side of, maybe not a different side, but we're just getting more insight here. I, I mean, it's great as a fan to hear this. I'm sitting here with a massive smile on my face because that's when I fell in. That's that's the the area that I fell in love with the club. You know, I was a kid then, started coming in the early nineties. Uh, and and you know you guys were the players that I was watching. So to hear all that was going on was exactly how how I pictured it to be behind the scenes, you know. And I'm sure uh, I won't be the only one. So we talk about the team doing well and getting to this semi final and getting to that final um, and promotion and, and whatnot. But from your personal experience, what would you say were the the personal highlights? I mean, there's certain goals that I can think of that I'm sure um, you know I'm sure live well in your memory, but. Uh, I'll, I'll put it to you the way I put it to Sean Connolly the other day. When it's all said and done and you're sitting with the grandkids around the fire and you're telling them about that goal for Stockport County or that moment or that the minute that whistle went or whatever, which ones stand out for you? Goals was obviously, for me personally, the Man City goal because it's the one where people will look back now and not even believe that we're in the same division. Uh, yeah. For one, when you're talking now, but... Um, it was it was that goal. It was the, the the time when we beat the noisy neighbours as the book called then and stuff like that. And that was Manchester City. And which which by the way I've got to say is a ridiculously cool penalty. It's it's a penalty that you should you should not be able to act that that cool under that much pressure. I couldn't believe it. Nicky Weavey's feet were planted. It was it was quite like I say it was funny to be honest with you because I remember um, when I went to Wolves actually Rob Taylor who I think he made his debut for Man City that night or not he's not long been signed from Man City from Brentford well Rob was at Wolves when I turned up and we're talking about that night and he goes I can't believe he says uh, because he actually said to me as as all the commotion was going on and stuff and we were waiting for the penalty to get taken and stuff Rob Taylor shouts to me he says. He says, how's your bum dins? He goes, there's only five minutes to go. And I looked at the clock and I went, actually, mate, the last minute. <laughs> so I was just laughing and joking about him to get me because he's like, I can't believe that he said that. And I was trying to put him under a bit, a bit of pressure. by like, telling him there's only five minutes to go and you turn around and say, actually, it's the last minute. So it was just because, to me, I don't know whether every player probably, well, not every player, should I say, but most players, I think the occasion always brought out the best in them sort of thing the, the more yeah. people that were there the bigger occasion it was now I was certainly one of them where the bigger the crowd the better and I don't know it just made you feel a little bit better than you probably were and it just gave you like a little bit of a, a bit of a bit of step in confidence should we say um, so again when the penalty went in and everything I was supposed to beat Man City at Main Road um, was to me that was the goal and wasn't the best goal in the world because I scored a I scored a cup in Decent yeah, there's a few that stand out. And things like that. So it wasn't necessarily a 30-yard scream or anything else. It was it was a penalty from 12 yards to get me a minute. So, but it was just the, I think it was more the occasion than the goal, if I'm honest with you. Um, and the result, should I say, um, which was the most important thing. So there are the, there are a few photographs um, for, from those days from from that era 
that that will never you know they will never fade they they'll never they, they will always be hanging on uh, the walls of the of the club uh, and I'm sure in, in many fans homes as well there's one with Mike Flynn that I'm sure you know with his shirt off and he's swinging it but the other one yeah. is Tony Dinning celebrating after that goal and that brings us on nicely to I've seen I've seen some celebrations in my time. I've tried to replicate some celebrations in my time, but you used to have uh, quite a unique draw that you would reach into when you were celebrating. And I think the, the celebration of that particular penalty, it, 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 I, I can repeat what I said a moment ago. I would expect someone to just run away screaming, almost just Alan Shearer and not not really being able to control what they were doing. But you pulled out the dance moves. You pulled out the the. They just you were enjoying yourself. You were enjoying the game, or certainly that's how it came across. It was. It was just a thing where it went in, and I thought myself like it was a penalty. And I still remember I was on holiday a year before, I think, when the big gentleman in the playoff final, uh, when he did that celebration, shoving his hands at the corner for his teammates to run in and enjoying him with him. I thought, well, I'll do the same. So <laughs> um, that's what he got that night, and it was just one of them where looking back, it was a bit. To be doing that to someone and belittling them and whatever the words called in front of 30 or 1,000. But again, you don't think about it at the time. And maybe it was a little bit wrong and then making him, but it was just a thing I thought, well, I'll do it. And do it. You only did one. <laughs> now, one of your, one of your um, colleagues, one of your teammates uh, in those days, uh, Jim Gannon, came on to become manager some years later. You leave the club and then you come back. Um, before we, we, we talk about that second stint, I'll ask you the same question that I, again that, that Sean and, and a few other players over um, interviews over the years. Did it surprise you when when Jim made the step into management? Did you because obviously you knew him much better than ninety nine percent of the fans will have done. Did it surprise you that that he became a manager and and a successful one at that, or was it always kind of there? Did you you know you can tell when some players are going to take the step. Which, which way was it with Jim? Well, Jim was definitely. Definitely um, had it in him, uh, and he showed that. Um, I know Jim for, like I say, when he was there when I turned up in '94. He was, I think, he just left before. I think he left before I did. I think all of them, one of the two. But I've known him for five, six years anyway. Um, and we always knew Jim was a was going to be a manager. If I'm honest with you. Yeah. Um, he was one of them, like you say, he talked football all the time, like 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 I did, like other players did. Some players would turn up, train, go home probably not think about it again, do you get me? But mm. had it in him and it was quite clear, like you say, he's a very organised person and again, principles a massive thing with Jim. Um, but like you say, there's no surprise at all. Like he, he went on to be a manager and a good one at that. Um, like I say, I just think, I'm hoping he can be the one um, to get a stop for back to, certainly back in the league. I'm not going to say that's where they belong in League 2. It's not a League 2, do you mean? They want higher than League 2 and but they have to just get them back in, well, obviously take a league by leg, league at the minute, but it'll take a lot to get back up and I'm just hoping, like to say, that Jim, Jim gets the chance and the opportunity and everything else to, to be the one that's to do it, because again, it would it'd be fitting for Jim being such a loyal person to stop Port and it's him that does it. How, how did the conversation go when he, I assume he reached out to you, or you, you may tell me otherwise, but I assume he reached out to you and said, Tony, <laughs> I don't know if it's I don't know if it's getting the band back together, but certainly I'm I'm building this team. I'm looking to get Southport County promoted um, from League Two to League One. How did how did that come about? How did your your re-signing for the club happen? Well, I'll be honest with you. I went to after a few stints at different places. Might be I ended up at Port Vale, 
Um, and went to Port Vale. I was told off Port Vale before I'd signed or to get me to sign, should I say. Because we're going to build a team here to get promotion next season. I'm like, all right. So I'm thinking, well, I'll, I'll have that because I'm, I'm not one of them who wants to sit around at a club mm. and, and, and not have a goal in the main sort of thing. Just to let the season pass by. Like, if we can stay up, that's great and everything else. I mean, I know it's horses for courses and when we were in the championship, we went, well, we're thinking we can get the premiership. Probably not, but we'll give it a good go on certain, on certain uh, occasions, like I say, finishing eighth and things like that, and then sixth on Boxing Day and things like that, and then things that took a turn. But I always had to be a get an end goal, you mean, sort of thing. Yeah. And then Paul B. said, we're going to go for promotion next season. I was like, well, I want to be a part of that. Um, and after 20 odd games, I think we were third top. Um, and then Port Bale sold Billy Painter and Sam Collins. He was our centre half captain, and Billy Painter was obviously the centre forward. Yeah. We sold them both to Hull, who were in the same league. Wow. So I goes to see the chairman, and, and I'll be honest, I'm just going to say it as it is now. I've got no, no ties to Port Vale, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, I went to see the chairman, and I says, What's going on? He says, uh, He was sold them, got some decent money for them. I said, Well, I thought the idea was to get promotion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but now, but he said, Well, now, but we're third now, we're not going to go down. Wow. That was his comment to me. That exactly. That's what, exactly what. That was exactly my reaction. Wow. I said, that's the case. I'm, I'm off at the end of the season. Yeah. yeah. I said, what do you mean? I said, you said you're saying a two-year deal. I said, yeah, I know I've sent a two-year deal to get the motion. I said, not to stay up. I said, I'm off at the end of the season. So the season finished off this and that, and I'd spoke to Foley before that as well, the manager, and he was great, by the way. I just said to him, listen, I'm, I'm going. I said, I'm not staying here, sort of thing. Um, I know I've got a year left. Yeah, yeah. I'm going at the end of the season. Um, and then, as luck happens for me, should I say, um, I got a phone call off Jim. Um, he said, would you be interested in going back? I said, I'd run back, and I, and, I, and I would, and I did. And I said, 100%. So, he said, you sure? I said, yeah, I'm definitely fine. So, I was on a coaching course, actually, doing me away for being keel. Um, and then I got the phone call, and I went, uh, sold that with Paul Vale, just left the contract at Paul Vale. And then went and signed at Southport, and I couldn't, I couldn't have been happier to be honest with you. He called you uh, along the lines of a born leader. Uh, is that how you saw yourself? Because, because Jim, Jim Gannon is is known certainly uh, th at that time for bringing youth through, for you know, for, for championing young talent, bringing the most, uh, bringing the, the most out of young players, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So for him to bring a player like you in, who he's played with, had success with, who then calls you a leader, is that? The kind of support that, again, we spoke about it with Danny Begara a little earlier on. That's the support a player looks for when he says, "Look, I'm going to make you a leader in there. You're you're going to be the guy or one of the guys that that leads these." You look at players like Paul Turnbull, for example. Now, and you know he's come up through those those ranks. I want players like that to be around someone like you. Is that the confidence that you need as a player? It is, like you say, and, and I think Jim again. Jim had it down and knew exactly what he needed, and then I was there. Perfect answer, should I say? But for me, going back there was brilliant on a personal thing more than anything else for me. But to get it again, to get the confidence from, from Jim, who for me, I always knew he knew what knew what needed to happen in order for things to work and stuff. That was my opinion of Jim, sort of thing. So for him to recognise, for me being the one to do that, was obviously made it because I was obviously couldn't wait to get back anyway. But I think Jim just knew he needed that. 
little bit of experience to still head sorting around a good group of young players to get them. Um, mm. It just takes them on to the next level, should we say, because obviously the season before was just staying up, I think it was, and kept them up when they shouldn't have stayed up. And then obviously you thought, right, we've done that, let's move it on sort of thing. And I think they did move it on and they brought some decent, not just myself, they brought some decent players in that season. Yeah. Um, which again just added to what we already had. Um, and like I say, unfortunately, we just missed out on gold, I think, I think it was last game of the season. Yeah. Um, Lambert's gone at Bristol Road, was it all the I think it was. Um, and we beat Darlington 5 0 away and still couldn't get up. So, again, frustrating. Um, uh, but yeah, that was, in memory of that season, was a great season. Um, like I say, some young players come forward um, and stepped up a bit. Um, Ashley Williams and Tommy Rome. To, to the name of and stuff and we had a couple of decent keepers on loan at the time which we didn't know were going to go on and done what they've done sort of thing so it was like I say it was just a good time a good season like I say and obviously that nine game thing and everything else was, was just again that was probably the highlight of that season because at the end of the season it wasn't that rewarding and we're just missing out finishing seven for what it was like um, yeah. does it does it does it sit well with you I'm sure it does that you come back and you say that that nine in a row I mean it's 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 on the walls of the pubs around uh, around the ground that the team the, the the guys that were involved yourself include like you say the players that made a name for themselves like Tommy Rowe like Ashley Williams we could go um, you know even further into the squad Anthony Pilkington's in there as well and that that time was a good time that was if I'm putting this nicely it was a good time that was surrounded by a lot of relegation and a lot of there was a lot of negative around the years either side of that spell. Does it make you feel good? Does it sit well with you? You came back and you saw moments that even though, okay, you missed out on the promotion, you got the iconic, the nine in a row, you saw positivity within the club. You weren't there when the relegations were happening or when the negative stuff was going on. It was, it was brilliant. Like I say, it was just something, again, if you can get something positive every season, I mean, and that, that was the thing from that season, like I say, the them from the fear of relegation the year before to then step on and, and, and do that and make the same to, and to finish a place I'd say the playoffs on yeah. that and obviously and then Jim took it on again after that the year after and the year after that I mean so it was just one of them where like say every 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 season you've got to take something from every season like you say and if, if that's what it was and like to say it was a record breaking thing which again I will just point out and not bragging or anything but I was obviously not obviously but I was there's only one other team done that, and it was Wigan Athletic. And yeah. Uh, when we done that as well, um, I was part of the team that went nine unbeaten without conceding a goal at Wigan, and it would have been ten apart from Notts County scoring the 89th minute and yeah. beaten three one. So Wigan could have done ten, um, but we done nine. Like I say, so I'm very happy and proud to be the only player, should I say, who was part of both. No, absolutely, and um, we still see you down at the club. Um, for, for appearances and, and, and at games every now and again every few months uh, it clearly sits well with you we'll, we'll see you there when I'm sure when, when all this is over again yeah I'll definitely be back like I say it's I've played for a couple of clubs over the years I'm still involved uh, with Wolves All-Stars just playing charity matches every now and again um, and obviously I spend a lot of time up at Stockport or as much time as I can should I say when I pop up and, and come to the games and stuff because it's one of them I just feel like home to me if I'm honest with you um, there's a few clubs, like I say, that I've played for, which I wouldn't 
want to step back in the door, if I'm honest with you, but obviously Stockport's totally yeah. different because it's, it's, the, and it's a platform, not but just for me, by the way, it was a platform looking back in the 90s for a lot of players yeah. who didn't know where to go sort of thing or had nowhere to go, went to Stockport and all of a sudden had a bit of a purpose about the game. It kick-started a lot, a lot of careers, that's to be honest. Um, people like Chris Mills and just another one who had his times at other clubs and stuff like that and got him on a free transfer and I'm him for eight and down to Birmingham and stuff. And players that come in and, I mean, that, and just use Stockport, should I say, as a bit of, again, a platform, I mean, especially for the younger players, um, but it even helped some of the older ones as well. So. Well, Tony, is it... It's, it's been a real pleasure um, speaking to you about your memories with the, with the club. We do have, as I mentioned, uh, a little quiz to go down. It's 20 seconds. Um, I will tell you, Sean Connolly is setting the bar at the moment with two uh, right answers. So I'm hoping uh, you, you can maybe dislodge top spot from him today. But if you're ready, I'm going to I'm going to fire. I'm going to fire straight in to the 20 seconds. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Name a county player from any generation whose name begins with A. Armstrong. How many letters in Stockport County? 17. How many teams in the National League? 24. Which team is older, Stockport County or MK Dons? Stockport County. Very good. That's time. Uh, I'll say that's, that's much better. Uh, you go straight up to the top. One, two, three, four, Tony. Sean said 20 seconds wasn't enough to get more than two. You've gone straight in with four, so you go straight up to the top of the leaderboard. I'm saying Sean was never rated anything, to be honest with you. <laughs> Sean was, was alright if he needed a strapping or something. That was brilliant. Again, again, Sean Conley, I forgot to give a mention. Um, doing this, the interview sort of thing. Where he's, he's talked about players who come in for platforms, obviously. Sean come from Hallam. Yeah. Obviously became a legend at the club. And um, had a great career for Stockport County. Witnessed again, witnessed what I witnessed and a bit more to be honest with you. He was there uh, before I got there. Um, so obviously he had members of the, the, the finals and things like that as well. So again, that's another player who's come in there, had a great career at Stockport and then obviously went on to play for another couple of teams as well. Um, yeah, again, that's just Stockport for you. Like I say, it's, I'm not the only person maybe Sean, like I say, there's 20 or 30 players you still got a lot of time to start working. I don't know of anything. Well, I mean, I hope you feel, I hope that you feel honoured to be on that list because uh, you certainly are. And I'm sure many county fans would agree with you there, Tony. It's been an absolute pleasure. And likewise, like you say, it's just great. Like I say, getting time now. I mean, I'm 45 on Sunday. So you get time to look back. And like you say, it's not until you do look back that you appreciate, like you say, of water. Fortunate things, you decide to be to be in Stockport, like you're saying, uh, to witness all them things. And you know, since there wasn't many downs for me, and I was there, if I'm honest with you. Oh, happy birthday for Sunday! I, I feel I yeah. feel a little bit embarrassed. I didn't know that already. No, it's fine. I didn't tell you. I said, <laughs> <laughs>